And we're here on the Canon Podcast. Ken Brown from WGR Radio, Mike O'Hara, DetroitLions.com, and we talk Lions season ending football. Hello, Mike O'Hara. Hello, Ken Brown. It's finally uh, over. Finally. You know, I get a lot of letters, Mike, from the uh, fans that listen to our podcast, both of them who are out there. But um, they were asking why we don't have music anymore. I used to have a nice little bed that we come in with. And the reason why, ladies and gentlemen, just so you know, since it's the last podcast, I can tell that copyright infringement has been going on. So now we don't get the free music anymore for these stations and unless you pay these big exorbitant fees for music. So that's why the music has been cut out. The quality of the product has not been cut out, but the music has until all that's settled. So all those 70 artists who are out there that want their share of royalties for money that we're not making, I don't know where they think their, their songs are being played and we're making money off of them. But anyway, that's the reason why. Well, thanks for telling the IRS that we're not making any money. They'll never, they'll never figure it out. They'll never figure it out on their own. All right, Michael here. Those, those people out there, they better not start paying our, paying or playing our podcast at their concerts either. Okay? That's right. That, exactly right. If I come in the dressing room and before they get high and go out on stage, they're listening to the K and M podcast. I'm cutting them down. Suit lawsuit. All right, Mike. This means you, UT. As you can see, I got my fever back now. I got my excitement back because the season, this woefully long season ended. And I will confess today, Ken Brown confession time. I will confess, Mike, I was not a big fan of a 17-week season. But that 17th week was the most exciting week of football I've seen in years. It really was, you know. I don't know if it was more exciting than the, than the last game of a 16-week season, but you make a good point. And you know what? When it gets down to the end, there's always something going on. I mean, who would have thought that the Colts would lose to the Jacksonville Jaguars and miss the playoffs? Who thought that after the after the head coach went to bed that the Steelers would sneak in? Who would have thought? Yeah. That, said he went to sleep, if you and, believe him. And I'm telling you right now, that last game between Oakland and the uh, well, I say yep. Oakland, Las Vegas, and the uh, L.A. See, I I would, under normal circumstances, I would have said San Diego and, and Oakland. But this L.A. against um, Las Vegas, which is weird to say. But anyway, that game, man, goodness sakes. What a what a game. It just makes me matter with that Jeff Okuda pick every time I see Justin Herbert. But I'm going to let that go. I'm going to let it go because I'm a man of peace today. Kim Brown, man of peace. Well, we'll see. You know, uh the last time I checked, uh, Okuda and Herbert had something in common. What's that? Watching the playoffs on TV. <laughs> yeah, it's true. That's true. At least one of them played this year, though. Well, anyway, you get all yeah, right. He played his team right out of the playoffs. <laughs> Mike, you know, he had that tag there, and, and you know what I mean. I think the Lions should hire back the former GM. Bob Quinn just to fire him again for that pick. I think she's hiring back every six months and fire him again just for that pick. Well, but the reality is that we have no idea how good or bad Okuda is because he hasn't had a chance. No, even even if it becomes a pro bowler to me, I'm just I'm saying position picking. We're going to get to that too. When you got a top three or four pick, man, there are some positions you just are worth more than others. But we'll get to that. So we're gonna we're gonna flog this one to death. No, we're not gonna flog it to death. Look, it's the Lions season is over. We're not flogging it to death. The reason why we're doing the podcast this week a day late is because we wanted to wait until uh, GM Holmes and Dan Campbell did their 
season-ending press conferences, which we got in to get information so we can feed it to you. Michael Hare was present in both of them. I listened to both of them. I was not present because I actually had to work, unfortunately. But I did listen enough and get the information. First of all, Mike, just give an end of uh, the last game of the season, beating Green Bay, which I told you guys, and I'll tell you on this podcast all the time, I hate Green Bay so much that I will give up a number one pick in order for them to beat Green Bay. And that's exactly what happened because if they were the loss, the Lions would have lost. They would have had the number one pick. But I'm cool with it and I'm fine with it. I don't know where you fall in on that, but your thoughts on the last game. Well, first of all, I, I, I fall where I have for every time you've asked me to play to win. There, almost, there was almost no situation where I would play to lose. It's just, it's just not me, and I don't. I think, I think you know what I really, really saw, Kenny, seriously, in both Jacksonville winning and, and the Lions winning, integrity of competition. They played to win. And I don't think you can. That's when you've got that in, in, in sports at, at the highest level or at any level. I think it's I think it's good for the sport. Integrity of competition. Yeah, and even and more than that, that. Yeah, go ahead. You're such a wise man. I'm gonna give you credit because I didn't know the statistic last week. Going out of a season with a three-game home winning streak is worth more than that pick, especially for a team that won like two games at home the last couple of years. Well, I think they. I want. I think they won either two or three games combined out of out of sixteen games at home. Yeah, this team. This team went out and won its last three home games. Now they weren't, you know, weeks fifteen, sixteen, and seventeen. Or I'm sorry, sixteen, seventeen, and eighteen. But the last three times they played at Ford Field, they sent their fans home cheering. Exactly. Uh, that, that's pretty good. That's pretty cool. And that's how you set up. Exactly. Those weren't exactly cellar uh, dwellers that they played. Right. But that's how you set up a winning, uh, winning uh, I don't say tradition, but a winning organization. you got to protect home first. And you, when you start winning at home, there was a one-odd year where they won more road games and home games, but that was just an anomaly. you got to protect home. And when you know a team is getting good, they start winning, well, now with extra game, it would be seven games at home, you know, six games at home eight games at home, that's when you know a team is good. Even Forget about the road part. You start protecting home, and that's what I think this team is starting to do now. Think about this. The Baltimore kick, that would have been four home games. Just take away that one that thing. They would have won four home games you know, this year. Of all the games that I – look, you can make a case for all of the, all the games the Lions lost, but, but that is the one in particular when you consider the fact that it's the longest kick in the history of the National Football League and it didn't even get over the crossbar on its own. It yeah. hit the crossbar, and those pebbles must have been up, you know, just lined up. Hello? I don't know how for that ball to that ball to sneak over the crossbar. Yeah. And plus, the, 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 they should have been ten yards back anyway, five yards back more anyway, because of the play before it never should have got off. There was definitely and, and, a clock. And, and another thing too, the Lions also won a couple of games against the NFC North, and that's they, right. they've been skunked in that one before. Right. So you know, it's okay. Three. Look, we're looking, we're looking at a lot of positives in a three and thirteen, one season. I just think this. I said this at the beginning of the season in my in my Monday countdown, my first Monday countdown column for DetroitLions.com, that I wouldn't judge the Lions' season on wins and losses. Oh, look, it would have been great if they won a lot of games. Don't get me wrong, but I would judge it on whether they got better throughout the season. And I think they were better at the end than they were at the beginning. What'd you have them with at the beginning of the year? What was your prediction? I I, I would. I, I don't know if I made a I don't know if I made a one loss prediction, but what I did say to some people who asked me about the betting line and the the over under and all that, I said do not go above four and a half four and a half wins yeah. for the Lions yeah. because you cannot you, they cannot get more than five. 
there's no way you're going to make money. Yeah, you're, you're risking it. So I, yeah. that, that that was my stand on that. They ended up pretty much I where thought, I thought four or five wins. I had yeah, them. Yeah, I thought they were three, yeah. four, or five wins. Yeah, I really did. And they could have won four, maybe. Um, could have, yeah. You know, and if they had a real kicker against against Pittsburgh, they would have had a tie. They would have had a win. Sure, sure, sure. Sure. So you, there well, were a couple games that's they could part have won. Of, That's part of personnel plays a role in it, too. Yeah. You, have, you, can, you can only send out there who they give you to play. Yeah. Now, my um, synopsis on the Green Bay game was uh, Dan Campbell has grown as a play caller. I'm not sure yet if I want him to come back next year and be the play caller, but if he is, I can't argue with it right now because he, he showed improvement over the year doing it. And he looked at at the end of the year, the offense looked like any other offensive coordinator we've had. It's not like I could tell, oh, that's a rookie coordinator calling. So if he wants to call next year, it's on him. You know, it's his job on the line. It's his uh, reputation on the line. If he feels good with it, I'm I'm fine. Whatever he wants to do, I'm fine with that. Well, let me ask you this, though. The fact that Jared Goff is so comfortable with it, but he's also comfortable with uh, an assistant coach that a lot of people don't know, Ben, Ben Johnson. Uh, tight ends coach, and he's taken a bigger role throughout the season. But if 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 Jared Goff is comfortable with with the head coach calling the plays, why change it? Yeah, well, I, I discount anything why, Jared why Goff says. Why give him another says. voice to listen to? Yeah, but I discount anything he said. He's gonna go if if if, if they wanted uh you know uh, Aaron Glenn to call for the plays, he'd be all right with it because that's just the type of guy he is. I, I I'm not I'm not I'm not no, going. But, pre- but he but obviously he prefer- there, there was a connection there. He played better after he took over the play calling. Right, but he never he's dogged like, Anthony Lynn. I'm just saying he's not gonna say a bad word about whoever calls. And at the end of the year, they asked him, does he want the coach to call plays? He said, it's not up to me and whatever he wants to do or you know I, I, that's not my job to say so he still had it was non-committal on it that's the same thing brad holmes said yesterday he said if you do if dan wants to call plays call plays yeah call plays that's what he wants to do now one thing dan brad holmes well let me finish with the green bay thing i was i i thought even when the first half when aaron Rodgers played the lions played them tat for tat i just thought that i'm not saying they're as good as green bay or whatever but i just thought when the first teams were in there for this one game, for that one half, they played an equal half. It was 17-14, I think, at halftime or something like that. I know they were winning. Right. So it was just an equal half of football, and I think that that shows you improvements over the years because in the first game they were 17-17. I think they were winning the first game against Green Bay. They were winning at the half. That was 17-14 yeah. at halftime. Yeah, so, you know, these things happen. I just feel I saw a lot of – and this is where I'm going to get to Brad Holmes, one thing he said. I saw a lot of young players grow up over this year. And Brad Holmes said yesterday that he could have went out and signed some veterans like the Houston um, Texans did. They signed a lot of, like, merciless and these older guys on these right. one-year deals. That's not going to really help you down the down the road in the long run. Um, they got young players playing time, and young players got better. And I think that's the one thing Holmes said. He's, he made a specific reference to Barnes. About a couple of years ago, Barnes or beginning of the season, Barnes wouldn't have recognized this play, and at the end of the year, right. he recognized, even though he didn't make the play. That was the play, the, the touchdown pass that the, the uh, got behind him. Right, right. I noticed that too. That look, Derek Barnes is not real. That's not his forte uh, pass coverage. It really isn't. He's more of a you know, 
more of a run thumper, I think, than anything else. But at least he recognized the play. At least he got. At least he let's put the He was in the end zone when they took the picture. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And he and he made a, a, a leaping stab for it. He just missed it, but it, it it was close. It wasn't like he was seven yards behind him. So, like you said, these are all due respect. It was a touchdown. Well, I was about to say at least it, he was there. And and look. Let's not get on the Derek Barnes for, for the Hall of Fame yet, bandwagon. He's a, these are developmental players. He may become a starter one day. He may become a, a depth guy. But I'm going to tell you right now, those are guys you need to fill teams up with. You know, guys that can step in for a starter if he's not a starter. Those guys you can put in and he can, you know, keep the play going. So no matter what he becomes, he's a fifth round. What was he, a fifth round pick, Mike? Fourth round. Fourth round fourth pick. Round. Who's going to help he your team? One picker after, he, was, he was taking one pick after they got Amon Ra. Right. So he's, he's, he's a guy that can help your team. And these are the guys you fill your roster with. Now, your task is to bring difference makers in. That is the task that you need and Brad Holmes needs to go forward. No, I would agree with that. I think they need, uh, they need one or two wide receivers. They really do. Uh, guys who can beat can beat you without just without trick plays, but will just line up, and all of a sudden you got to double a guy or or whatever defensively. You got to make a choice, and he can beat you anyway. And that they, they really, I don't think, have that. Even even with you know Amon Ross St. Brown, I don't think that's his game. No, he's real. He's 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 very very. He plays a strong strong game. I think I really do. He doesn't seem to wear down. He can play a high snap count and be just as good at the end of the game as he is at the beginning. And I think they've really got something there. But but they, they really need, like I would think, a true number one. Receiver. Yeah, he's a good number two, and he'll be a good number two. And he could be a number one for a week or two if your number one goes out. But you like you said, you, wanna, you want somebody in there that like will show the fear in D-backs when they come in. And I think they should draft one. And get one yeah. in free agency. I think that's the way you get your two. I don't think you should well, I think do that'd both. Be ideal. I wouldn't. I wouldn't take one unless there's one there that, that's worthy of being taken. Yeah, there's always receivers there. Though. I'm saying. And one, I'm not saying first rounder. And I'm just saying draft one and sign one. Have one that's already maybe played they, in the league, and then get a young guy. Maybe then get Kenny Galladay back on a discount. Yeah, because he scores so many touchdowns this year. What was the total number of touchdowns again this year? Zero. Let's see. Zero. Zero. Yeah, that's right. Zero. Zero. Yeah. Man. Just two years ago, just two years ago, you had a, you led the league with eleven touchdown catches. Who was the quarterback? The guy who never made anybody better? Yeah, Matt. Yeah, again? Matt. Somebody yeah. I forgot he's been gone. They Where had a you, they had a statistic. They put up Armin St. Brown's last five games and Galladay's full season, and Brown, St. Brown's last five games were better than Galladay's whole season. Well, he got hurt a little bit too, but he was hurt last. Well, and the, the Giants. He's hurt every year. I'm, I'm really surprised. Well, not every year. Wasn't he hurt every year, Mike? No. no I didn't say he missed a lot of games, but he was all he was hurt. He had hamstring problems one year. He uh, it was the back last year. Nobody in the NFL is playing at 100. percent I know, but I'm just saying he's a big guy and he 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 gets banged up. I'm not saying. I'm just look. That's their problem. I don't talk about Kenny Gotta. He left. He's gone. Give us our comp pick for the third round. That's all I care about. If they get one, they'll get one for him because of the the money okay. they sign him. They will get a comp we'll pick. See. I'll put. We'll I'll see. bet we'll you see. right now. They know we'll see. I'll bet you right between Marvin Jones and him, you're going to get a comp pick. You're going to get a third round pick. Marvin Jones had a good year too. 
Would, he really had 73 catches yeah. and seven in the last yep. game of the season. And no, matter of fact, they, they might get more than a third-round pick. I forgot about that. They got they lost no, two big players. More. Yes, you can. You mean, you mean multiple picks. Yeah, multiple picks, yeah. Yeah, but you can't get you can't get a higher. No, no, not higher. I'm just saying you might get more than just a third round pick, though. You might get a couple of picks. Right, which really the National Football League doesn't like to hear this, but you're really getting a fourth round pick, is which is fine, because it's at the end. Of right, the third which round. is fine, which is fine. Which, but the thing I like now is you can trade those picks before you couldn't trade. You had to just take them. Yeah, now you can that, you can yeah. load them up and move up spots, and they're they're worth something now. Um. Anyway, um, I'll let you go back to anything Holmes said that. Picture interests, or where do you think well, they're I going? Mean, I just thought he was generally very upbeat and very reflective on his own situation, you know, on the things they did. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't uh, it wasn't a blood and guts press conference here. I think guys, there are people, you know, the guys who covered it, were there really to listen to see what what he had to say about the season, about his performance, the personnel department's performance. That thought came off well. I really did. I think he's. You know, he talked about you know Penny Sewell being what they thought he was going to be and, and Ahmad Rob being what they thought he was going to be. And you know what? turns out that that I think uh, Brad Holmes was what we thought he was going to be too. So all around, that was pretty good. One, I wish I was there because, see, I'm the one that needs to ask questions. Besides your questions, Mike, the, the other questions are just re- – some of them are just ridiculous. Oh, they're fine. Some are ridiculous. Oh, but I want to know – nobody brought this up. First year of the organization is over now. How did the hierarchy of the front office work this year, in his opinion? The Chris Spielman entry into it. Um, what was the guy that came from Green Bay? I'm from uh, Cleveland's name. John. Uh, oh, John Dorsey. Dorsey. Yeah. How did Dorsey, what was his, what did he do? Where? How did you draw lines with this, you being a first guy? I wanted, I wanted to know more about his, the way he went through it this year with a new organization, what he streamlined, what he thinks they need to do, what they didn't, you know, didn't have. Well, he, you know, those he, things he like that. Of, he, he sort of answered that without it being very personal when somebody asked him where they stand now, and he said how much further they are ahead now than they were in February of a year ago. So I think he sort of, in a way, alluded to that with, with his answer. I'll tell you one thing he did say that I I was impressed with. He loves Dan Campbell. I mean, if, yeah. if anybody thought, because he didn't – I don't know how it worked, but I don't think he hired Dan Campbell. I think Campbell no, I was think already – Coming when he I, came, I think they asked him would he be would would he would he okay that? And I think basically he gave it his blessing. Right. I don't know if he had any choice. He, right. I really don't know. And you know what? We may never know that. Well, we know he didn't sit in on the interviews with Campbell because he wasn't there yet. No, then. right. I so know, but I think I think they asked him would he be okay? Yeah, probably that. You know. Yeah, but I'm just and, saying. And, 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 Right, and his, his alternative was to not take the job. Probably, right, but my my thing is the way he talks about him, it was like he hired him. That's how good these two get along. So I'm happy yeah, to see they really that do. they really yeah. do. And he he said one thing about the camp. He said some guys have it and some guys don't, and you can't yeah, teach he it, has it. And he has yeah. it. That's the one line I got out of that. Too. I I'm very excited about it. now. A couple of things he said I do have some problems with. Well, I know he can't say it, but they asked him about Trey Flowers. And I love, hey, and I'm telling you right now, Trey Flowers is a great guy. The years we had the Lions, he was one of the best guys to talk to. Nice guy, did everything he could, played as hard as he could, as long as he could. But it's no way in the world he lived up to that contract. And and, and now it's time. I don't even see the fit of the defense with him anymore. And I just think he's not going to be there next year. But 
I know you can't go ahead and say it, but I think of all the people I've seen years with Stafford got dog for his contract, everybody's being dog for their money. Trey Flowers didn't take the heat for that, and he was a highly paid guy. Well, yeah, what, 96 mil or whatever? Yeah. 50-something guaranteed. But that's different than being a quarterback because he doesn't play every down and all that. And I think the fact, in reality, you can't, you can't criticize a guy for getting hurt. It's not like he did it on purpose. Did it work out? No, it did not work out. He had that one season where he had eight quarterback sacks. And, and really, when he's playing, and he's you know when he's healthy, he can play for a stretch of games. He's a good player. Good player. But he's not a great player. Exactly. He's a good player. Good player. Not a great right, player. Yeah. And it was never going to live up to that contract. Was not, the only issue with him was was the contract too rich? Right, and probably was. Yeah, and he was one. He was an old regime guy, and in a defense that they're not playing now. I just think that, um, I just think that the breakup is coming unless he cuts his number down. He's got a cap number well, of twenty three, two three nine for next year and twenty three, and that that's just not going to do it. A well, post to me, a post June first cut is only for yeah. seven million in dead money. So. To me, the point is, can he can he play for you? That's, it starts with that. And then after that, if, if the answer is yes, find a way to do it. If the answer is no, find a way to undo it. That's all. But right. To me, the idea is, can he help your team? I don't. The rest of it, I don't care about. I well, you should care, Mike. Player. If you get if no, you got I'm a sure. twenty three million cap number, no, and you're only getting seven games out of a guy every year. Then that's that's, that's a problem. Said, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's a problem. That's a problem. I didn't say that. No, I didn't say that. This is selective hearing. I said if he can help your team, find a way to do it. If he can't. Find a way to undo it. Right. That's what I said. Okay, but um, do you mean yeah, seven games is helping your team? No, if he helps your team in seven no, games, is no, that worth it? Nobody, no, nobody goes into the season thinking, oh, he's only going to play seven games. He's either going to be healthy or he isn't. Then you'll see what happens as the season goes on, and you know it. Mm-hmm. A couple so other guys. Wrong, look, I know you're <laughs> not going to say it. A couple other guys who I think decisions need to be made on um, that are high-cap guys that you're going to have to – worry about and also there's one guy are you going to um, renew his fifth year option and that's the tight end Hawkinson of course you will are you yeah okay you know I I hear all this great Hawkinson talk and like I said we had him on I think he's a good guy and a good player but is he that up echelon tight end we've been waiting for well, he made the Pro Bowl one year, the year he stayed healthy. So I'm yeah, not talking about Pro Bowl. Yeah. I'm talking about upper echelon and league well, tight well, ends. There's some sort of Ken Brown system of ranking players. Look, they're are guys that you have. Just, be, just yes because no. you make a Pro yes Bowl no. doesn't mean that you're the greatest thing since sliced bread. I'm just asking. Nobody said that. Okay, no. well, I'm just asking. You have bread. a decision to make on You have a decision to make on that. If, if, is he I worth it? I think it's an easy decision. You know what I think he can do? He can also he can also extend his contract before that could. and avoid all he that. He could. Mess. We'll yeah. see how that works. Big V has a big cap here. number because when you signed him, yep. the last regime signed him to be a right tackle, and he ended up playing guard. I don't know if they want to pay that much for a guard. They're really deep on the offensive line in some positions. They got a lot of right. um, backups now who have played starters minutes this year because of injury. They're ready to go. You got Taylor Decker. To think about, um, if, are you happy going in? I wouldn't touch the offensive line personally, and I was one that wanted to move Decker earlier, and he was yelling at probably yelling at me. I was one of the ones saying he should be traded, but since they didn't, I'm like keep him. But those are decisions over the years you're gonna make too, because I'm telling you right now, Penny Sewell eventually is gonna be the left tackle of this team. So I mean, so what? 
So is it going to be one year, four years, five years? When is it going to be? But it's coming because he's, the best, he's the best player. He's the best player. On that. Well, it does matter because I want somebody protecting a quarterback's no, blind side. It matters when they do it. Okay, I'm just letting you know. It's not like the quarter. It's not like the Lions' quarterbacks are getting overrun from the, the, the breakdowns at left tackle or breakdowns at right tackle. No, it wasn't. They're doing fine. Yeah, we got to make it through a full season though, too. Well, they did. They played all seventeen. I'm not talking about Penny Sewell. And Penny yeah. didn't play all seventeen. He didn't play uh, the Green Bay game. But I'm just saying, on the other side, the on the other side. You can't yeah. be moving them back and forth. Deck has got to stay healthy. Yeah, he does. Correct. Correct. Yeah, he definitely has to stay healthy. Um, the team also, for the third time since I can remember in the last few years, it's probably been more than that, is going to coach the senior bowl, which means that's a honor and it's also a distinction that your team is lousy record-wise. So they're going to be – this is the third year. I know Schwartz did it one year. Patricia did it two years ago, I believe. And now you're going to have Dan Campbell doing it. Well, you're right, back in the morning. But the best part about it this year, Mike, is that the coach is going to be like a uh, – he's going to be like a GM, basically, and you're going to have your staff do the coaching. I don't know how that works out. Uh, they, you know, they, they Well, in any practice, and that's just the way practice is, too. The running backs coach coaches the running backs. Wide receivers that's what I'm saying. So I don't know how that's going to work receivers. out for the game itself. Or is he going to be like – are they going to make these guys, him and Salah, are they going to be you know in the booth and they're going to have the guys on the field running? Because if – a head coach is on the field. People are going to look to him anyway, regardless of what he's doing. So I don't know how well, this is actually going to work out. Well, the truth of that, though, the senior bowl, the, the, the game is the least important part of the week. The most important part of the practice is when you can set up the drills to put guys in one-on-ones and all of that. So that, that's, you know what, that's TV and it's window dressing and it's cool and all that, but it, it means very, very little, very little. True. Game day. But it does mean something to these coaches to get the experience of being a head coach you know, for the guys that are picked. And it is something they can put on their resume. And, I mean, it means something to them. It may not mean anything to the scouts or to the fans, but it means something to somebody. It means a, very, it means a little, okay? It means a little. Okay. Look at the hater. Mike the hater. I'm not the hater. I'm just telling you what it is. I, They've never done it before, so how do you know what it means? This, this is the first time they're doing it. No, but I know what practices. I know what happens in practice. I know, but we're talking about the way they're going to set. We don't even know how this is going to be set up. Like I said, this is this is the first time oh. doing it. I really want to see how they are going to make this work. Oh, Kenny, you're such a sucker for drama. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> Which isn't a bad thing, by the way. Look at you. Okay, so we got the Lions. Um, the Green Bay thing. We've had our thoughts on. Any thoughts of season? Any thoughts for you, Michael, on this uh, long so? And this, I want the statistics to come out about how. Um, injuries occurred was it more injuries per you know on the average per game this year because of a 17 game i want to see when that when those statistics come out to see what is the wear and tear i think that i think that'd be a good project for you here's here's the thing i wonder and i i think i probably know the answer we talk about momentum carrying momentum into the next season i don't think you get i don't think momentum carries over at all i think performance does uh what is the impact of the detroit lions winning their last game against green bay I say you probably you can't really count on on it meaning anything, other than the fact is that it was a home game, it was a division team, and you're finally getting you know finally doing something you're supposed to do, win at home and beat division teams. But I don't think it really I don't think it guarantees anything. I don't think the Lions are going to jump ahead of the uh, ahead of the Green Bay Packers because of it. But I do think, and there's something we haven't even mentioned, and I I think that it's very real. 
when you look at the makeup now of the NFC North, Chicago Bears in disarray. Minnesota Vikings, same thing. Changing coaches, changing uh, general managers in both cases. Maybe a shakeup in both places at, at quarterback. I mean, who knows what the Bears are going to do with their triumvirate, and who knows if, if, if uh, Kirk Cousins is you know, in favor still in Minnesota. But I think the Detroit Lions, by what's happening to the other two teams, now I'm not counting the Packers, but the other two teams, Minnesota and Chicago, I think that I think that I think they're in a stronger position in terms of competing in the NFC North than they were five days ago. Well, you got to be careful with that, Mike. I'm going to go back to the 90s. And correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm going to do a research, and this is me talking off the top of my head. I do remember this. When the Lions after 91, I think it was after 91, it looked like the Lions were going to control that division. Right. Minnesota was changing coaches. And I believe Green Bay changed the Holgram then, too. His Holgram wasn't there in 91, right? Wasn't it after that he 92. came? 92. Holgram came, Denny Green came. And everybody thought, well, this is the Lions' chance. Two of the three coaches have changed. Two of the other four have changed. Head coaches and the other team is waddling right now. This will happen. Those two new coaches ended up surpassing the Lions. So you well, got to be careful with that. Wait a second. No, the nine, nine, they, they had all those. They, they had. They, they lost their offensive linemen through. The, through no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying no organizational changes happened. Two new coaches came into the division, and yeah. it didn't happen for the Lions that they dominated the division for the next five years. It just didn't happen. So even though you got well, two I new just, coaches yeah. coming in now, I Kenny, I think you're selling them short. I really do because '93. They won the division championship. I'm not saying that. I'm saying for the next five or six years, you would think they would have been the, the dominant team. They were a good team, and they were up there, up and down, but they didn't dominate because the two new teams, they got good right away. Green Bay got good right away, and Minnesota got good right away. The, the dominant the, the teams, that the, the dominant team was the Green Bay Packers, and the next team for the next five years was the Detroit Lions, who made the playoffs in 93, 94, 95 and 97. Nobody else did that except the Packers. But then the Minnesota came in with the Chris Carters and those guys, and Denny Green had good teams. My point, I'm not making a point that the Lions were terrible. I'm just making a point of even though two teams change coaches, doesn't mean they're going to stay down long. That's my point. I think the the Lions are second in the pecking order, and the Bears – and and the Bears and and, right. and the Vikings were next. Those out in the radio listening audience hearing this, they understand what I'm saying. Mike refuses to understand what I'm oh, saying. Hey, All I'm saying is, and I'm gonna repeat this one last time: just because you change head coaches doesn't mean you're gonna have a down period. That's what I'm saying. So you gotta you gotta take care of your business. That's what I'm saying. You can strike gold like the New York Giants have done. Right. Changed coaches three, three, three times in six years, and they right. lost with all of them. All right. All right. Now here's one other thing too. What, what did what did Dan, uh, Brad Holmes say about uh, Amon Ross St. Brown? He's better than gold. Is that what he said? Dan Campbell said that. Dan Campbell said that. Okay. Yeah, he said he's he's Pretty better than gold, stuff, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, better than gold. Yes, you know I turned you know Dan what? Campbell off when that when that when that whistle went off at the end of the game. That's when I turned him all into the next year. I rather had a gold. I rather had a gold, but he's a good player. Give me the gold. Well, are you one of those guys who has those gold teeth? Yes, I'm getting a couple. You, getting a nice a grill. I'm getting a nice. It's called a grill. I'm getting a grill. A Detroit Lions grill. 
Um, I didn't know you still lived in Detroit. I'm going to tell you what. I saw, you know what, uh, Swift, Swift now only ran for the last touchdown, but he ran all the way down to Indianapolis. He was at the uh, game, Georgia-Alabama game. Did you see him? Who was that? Uh, Swift. Was he really? Yeah, he was. Uh, he was hugging the coach. Oh, and didn't, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> boy, no, he didn't run for the last touchdown. He ran straight to Indy after that. Hey, you know what? Hey, what a run that was! You, you saw that kid's talent there on that play. He just exploded around the left. Since you brought him up, let's gone. let's. I'm, I'm glad we. I'm glad I brought that up because then we can just talk about this. Where do you see him as? I see him as a really, really good player who has issues staying healthy. That's you see him as a Darren Sproles, or do you see him more of a? Um, the guy from New Orleans Saints. Um, what's his name? The, the running back. My name slips me at the minute. Well, it's, it's, what's the New Orleans Saints guy? That third round pick, Kamara, Allen Kamara, Kamara. Allen Kamara. Do you see him more like that, or you see him more like a a specialty back? Because I don't. He he's two years and he hasn't stayed healthy for two years. I don't think he quite has the power of Kamara. Kamara's a bigger guy, you know, a little stronger guy. I look. I don't know what they weigh in at, but he just looks bigger, bigger frame, and all that. And he's done it. As much as we like Swift, he hasn't done it. He's shown ability. Uh, he just hasn't shown the staying power. He's got to have the staying power. But I tell you what, though. But I do think that that whole that running back room they have is pretty good. It really is. Yeah, and you put let's, him let's on. If he, let's give Jamal Williams a little credit when he's on the field. Yeah. When he's on the field, and when they get a real re- number one receiver. Amon St. Brown and him on the field together with Hawkinson and the offensive line they got. I mean, that offense, like the offense is only a piece, of, to me, a piece away if everybody's healthy. I, I, look, they can, they can take everybody they had this year and take them into next year. They'll have one of the best offensive lines in the National Football League. Yeah, but I'm talking about as an offensive whole. You put a number one receiver on that offense with everything else yeah. you had this year, no other changes. And you, I'll tell you what, you have brought us to the question of the not only the day, not the week, not the month, maybe not the season, maybe of the decade. And that is simply this, my good man. Is Jared Goff the Detroit Lions quarterback of the present and future? You asking a question or you want, you want, to, you want to just let it lay out there for a while? Because I'm going to give you the answer. I'm going to, you give me your opinion. You don't have the answer. My opinion is he's the quarterback for next year. But I, I would, would agree with you. But I would. But I, you know what? I think you're right. I think he's the quarterback, unquestionable, for 2022, and trending to be the quarterback for 2022 and beyond. Well, he's got to show me something next year because uh, he's another one that Stafford gets ripped for what he was making and the performance he had. Jared Goff's making more than Stafford ever made here, and he's got to perform. He he had a good year. Good last yeah, half good of the year. Good last good half of the year. Overall, and a, and a very good second half. But I want to see a full year for the money he's making, and then I can say, okay, he can stay a while. Yeah. But I'm telling you right now, we're not bringing back that clown show. Why those backups that you had last year? Like I told you, the sixth most important position on the team is the backup quarterback. Oh, they better draft a guy or go get a a guy that can win some games. If golf is out. You, for the listeners out there, Kenny Brown believes that the backup quarterback is the sixth most important position on the team. team. That's right. I That's do ahead of the receivers. Ahead of anybody, guy. the other guy's playing. Because if you don't have a backup, you don't have nothing. And the way things go these days, your backup is going gonna, is gonna to be instrumental in you either winning or losing a game or two every year. So I believe this is what you're saying, that the sixth most important player on the roster is the is – the, 
backup quarterback. Correct? The sixth most important position. Position. Okay, yes. Player. Play no, not let's say player because you might have three good receivers, two good running backs. That's five players. I'm saying position wise. Okay. So what's what's the, what's next? The team chaplain. No. One after that. The nutritionist. Okay. I'm gonna give you this order one time, and this is the last time I'm gonna talk about it. <laughs> quarterback, starting quarterback number one. Yep. Defensive end number two. Left tackle, if you're a right-handed quarterback, number three. To me, wide receiver or running back, your skill position player, number four, and the other one's five. And then after that, backup quarterback. That's me. That's what I roll. That's the KB rolling. You know what? Well, Mike, like I said, we've done a lot this year. We're going to talk about – we didn't even talk about the draft today, and it's almost over for us. You got any quick draft thoughts? I'm so glad they didn't get the number one pick now because when you pick second, you don't get the, the heat of if you made a mistake. When you got the number one pick, if you you get every player available. So if you if he doesn't perform, it's your mistake. Draft number two, you can always say, well, I really wanted the guy that was number one if, if yours doesn't pan out. So well, that being number two is the perfect spot for them. You know what the, what the Detroit Lions have done with the number two pick that at four times and they drafted five players with it, and it was the only the only one who didn't pan out was Charles Rogers. And that should be a lesson to you guys out there in, in uh, Radio Land now. Charles Rogers, Andre Johnson. You went with the local guy because everybody liked the local guy, right? Maybe you should have went with the guy that wasn't local, and we can bring that to the Hutch and uh, Thibodeau thing here. Everybody's yelling for the local guy. Take the best guy. Don't worry about where he and came by from. The way, by the way, that was my last question for for Brad Holmes yesterday when he was going off and he thanked everybody for you know what we the writers what they've done. You know the beat guys are are, are terrific in Detroit. All of those guys are. They really are. It's they compete hard. They're, they're good guys and, and and all of that. And so I just questioned for him was well then. Then, Brad, which of those two pass rushers do you prefer? <laughs> <laughs> so I got one laugh out of it, okay? He didn't say anything. That's all I'm good for. I'm good for one laugh a year now. All right, well, you got it. You should be too. Uh, yeah, well, we'll see. Well, Mike, we're going to cover this as it goes along. We'll cover uh, the playoffs games. Just give me one team to look out for in this week's game. Don't give me every game. Just give me a team that you want to see how they play this week. San Francisco 49ers. I I'm exactly with Bowl. you. I'm exactly with you on that. I think you know San Francisco's got a good team. The team to me right now is the L.A. Rams. Too many holes. But that could change from week to week. If they go yeah, on a three-game three run, then it changes. Everything well, starts today. Anybody can – look, right. The only team that can't make a three-game run <laughs> is the teams with the pie. That's right. <laughs> so, I'm with you. I think San Francisco is a team I'm looking, I'm looking forward to seeing. Also looking forward to seeing this Philadelphia team. I, I don't think they're going to beat Tampa Bay. But I just want to see, is Jalen Hurt a real quarterback or not? And I I, I go back and forth every week Look, on I think you. I think you can do it a different way, you know. I think you can. I think, you know, we – look, this is getting off the, off the beaten path here, but, but with uh, – we're talking about that and with uh, – one of the assistant coaches like a month or two ago about about the style of quarterbacks playing now national football league teams now are accepting accepting of that style of play in a quarterback a guy who can run 
you know, 15, 18, 20 years ago. No, no, he's, he's just a runner. Remember Randall Cunningham? Sure. And, and they called him Crandall Runningham? Mm-hmm. Okay, now NFL teams are, are accepting a player who can run like that. It's a dimension that they want, and it's a dimension that they need. The day of the guy who drops back three, five, seven step drop, pat the ball, pat the ball, pat the ball, and throw it, those guys are gone. Right. Let's put it this way. They better be really, really good at it. I hear you. They better be really good at it. All right, Mike, uh, that's it for the K&M Podcast for this week. We'll probably resume next week and keep next going. for sure. We'll talk the about the demand. playoffs. We'll talk about whatever happens in Lions Land. We'll talk about the draft. We'll talk about everything that's moving on. And we'll do, we'll do a bunch. We're going to have some fun this year. We're going to have some fun in this offseason to see what's going to happen with this team. Great offseason, Kenny Brown. I hope you guys enjoyed us this year. Uh, thanks for listening to the K&M Podcast. Ken Brown, Michael here at DetroitLions.com. Goodbye.